Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, John O'Brien, from the Keystone Contractors Association, coming to you from the Quando Studio. Joined, as always, by fellow co-host, Chris Martin from Pittsburgh, people. Give it up for Chris. John, I, I want you to start following me around in every meeting I have. I'd like that introduction because that, that makes me feel so much better than, than anything. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Martin, and I am uh, president of Atlas Marketing. And you can check us out at atlasstories.com. And I'm coming to you from the Stalwart Insurance Group studio in lovely downtown Swickley, PA. And uh, Looking forward to uh, yet another great episode here, John. What are you What are you saying? What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited. You know, we always uh, I don't know where to go from here. I'm just really excited. It's a, it's an awesome topic. We've never really touched on it before, so enough of us nope. knuckleheads jammering on and you know back and forth here. So let's get right <laughs> to it. What do you say? <laughs> I agree. I yes. agree. Enough of us. Yeah, exactly. No one wants to listen to us. Yes, the star of the hour here. That's who everyone wants to hear. Everyone wants to meet Fran Dean Bishop. Fran Dean Bishop, she's the creator of Workforce Wake Up, and she's a work, workplace well-being and re- resiliency expert. I'm super excited. I'm super charged and can't wait to hear. And hopefully I pick up a lot of tips here because uh, I need a better workspace, you know. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Fran. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I'm looking forward to the conversation and, and sharing some things with your audience. Great. So, Fran, thank you for joining us. And and can you help us understand a little bit about not only your company, Arrow Bodies, but more importantly, well work places? Absolutely. It's a broad topic, um, and I could talk about it all day. So you'll have to definitely cut me off at some point. But uh, uh, Arrow Bodies has been around since 1997. So we've been in the world workplace space for a couple of decades now and really focusing on not only the well footprint of buildings themselves, but uh, how those buildings really serve the employees that live in them, work in them, depending on how much you know they work uh, and how the, the buildings really serve that purpose. And then more importantly, how they interface with each other, right? Because people are in these spaces and these spaces really do need to uh, create kind of a a support to their well-being overall, so how they do that. And then we also play in the space of well-being itself and really looking at processes and systems that keep employees not only captivated on keeping themselves well, but contribute to the bottom line of, of companies and keeping the companies profitable from a standpoint of the systems that they are developing for the work that they do, and also how they interface together as teams and, and complete ecosystems. What did I tell you, Chris? Is this awesome or what? This this is kicking off the Building PA podcast uh, health and wellness series. So I think we're starting with the superstar here to kick off the wellness series. I'm excited. I was just going to say, man, Tracy Sterler, our producer, has found a perfect perfect starting point for this. So Fran, thank you so much. You mentioned so much in that little, little quick statement there. So let's start with the buildings first, if we can, because, you know, obviously... You know, everybody's coming out of COVID. Everybody's coming back into work. And how how do the building managers or companies really start to prepare or have a well building or well workplace prepared for when employees come back if they're not there yet? 
Great topic. So there's a couple different things to think about, and I don't want to get too technical, but this is a technical audience, so I'm sure they can handle it. So I'm sure you've heard of a couple of acronyms, WELL certification, Fit Well is an organization, IWBI is another organization. All of these uh, different organizations kind of revolve around something we call health and safety standards for buildings themselves. So there's something called the Well Certified Building. There's another certification called Fit Well. And to keep it really simple standard, if you're talking about renovating or innovating an existing space, you can do that. The health with health safety standards and different practices in what we call the well-certified space. And you can also do that for brand new spaces, which we're seeing more and more. So, you know, construction coming straight out of the ground, if it's a new multifamily uh, development or if it's a new, you know, project in, in a downtown urban space or even, you know, even I'm seeing now even uh, individual consumers purchasing real estate that have that tag on it, healthy certified spaces. So one of the cool things that we're noticing is that companies are really trying to set themselves apart in terms of having this footprint and having this certification because the consumers and the employees are driving this. And I definitely think this is part of the conversation. When you look at things like the mass resignation or the the, the rampant turnover or employees not wanting to come back post-COVID and what all that means, they're really driving the conversation on what they're coming back to. And what the lens of those those workspaces look like. So it's really important for facilities managers, building owners, developers, real estate developers, really to look at, you know, what can we do with respect to our facilities, our spaces, outside of just having a wellness center that really makes it inviting and wants people and makes people want to come back to those spaces. And you can do that literally thousands of different ways, but we have what we call the 100 concepts around concepts around health. So, you know, whether it's your air or your water or the, you know, the ambient lighting or the flooring. I mean, I could talk about it all day, like I said, but there's lots of different ways that you can touch the space and that employees can feel like these spaces um, really are soothing and help them with their health rather than fight them (laughs) for their health. So sick buildings versus well buildings, to put it simply, I think that's an easy way to think about it. So you started on this journey back in 1997. Did I hear that correctly? I did. I did. I did. Well before the, the uh, <laughs> these acronyms have come out. Yeah, we were just in the space, you know, in the corporate wellness space. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, like prior to the fit well certification and wellness certification, prior to all that, you were you were a pioneer back then in 97. What, what are what are some of the, ma- the other major changes along with new names and certifications? Yeah, you know, so back in the day, I like to say, you know, it was really just about, you know, we're in the D.C. area, Washington, D.C. So at that time, it was really just executive, you know, health, right? And making sure your executives had great health. And so they had all kinds of bells and whistles for execs. We looked a, worked a lot with the legal community because back in the day, that's who had most of the money was the lawyers, right? So, you know, we worked a lot with partners and really huge firms to make sure their executive team had the right coaching. Maybe they had biometric screenings, you know, once or twice a year. They had lots of, you know, fitness classes or beautiful executive fitness centers and spa centers and things like that. And then as things shifted into um, 2000, we started seeing things like yoga studios coming up and, you know, the the footprint of having um, ecosystems at the top of the of the building. So you had, you know, beautiful plant like areas at the top of the building, 
open lighting, having more indoor-outdoor spaces that invited that trajectory of employees being able to use the space in lots of different ways of the footprint. So lots of renovation around that, um, I would say, early 2000s into mid-2000s. And then when things started shifting again, right after the financial fallout with the real estate market, what we started seeing was just taking the existing footprint and what they could do to, to, to restructure that, right? Lots of losses happened. And so building owners weren't so willing to invest large amount of dollars in building new spaces, but they definitely wanted to renovate. And so they looked at different ways that they could do that cosmetically. I think the biggest shift we're seeing now is because coming out of the COVID pandemic again, people have seen that they can work very productively at home and they don't necessarily need to be in offices. So now you've got millions upon millions upon millions of dollars of real estate that needs to be used, <laughs> right? These spaces cannot sit vacant forever. And so how do we get people back into these spaces so that they feel comfortable, even if they're there two or three days a week? I think that's the, the big conversation that's happening now. Early on, it, it was more executive and now it's it's kind of all levels. Is, has it, Have you seen a change also as well as like different industry types, like different sectors of the industry, whether it's you know private, public, you know, you mentioned attorneys, are there other... I don't know. I'm just trying to pick your brain just to see like who who reaches out to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the most exciting part, honestly, uh, John, is that, you know, back in the day, it, again, it was the organizations that had the most money. I, I think manufacturing led a lot, automotive led a lot, legal led a lot. Now it's, you know, now with this new curve, I think COVID has ushered in a change in all industries in lots of different ways. And it's pushed things forward 10 years forward faster than anything else could. So with that, we're seeing across the, the landscape. I don't think there's any industry now that's not investing money in wellness or well-being or some sort of well standards for their their office spaces and places, which is really exciting. I mean, it's really cool. I, I think that the, the challenge is that I'm seeing is that um, they're almost doing, they're, it's overkill. And so, you know, it's like soup to nuts and employees don't know what to do. And so they don't do anything. So you really do need to still set a strategy that makes sense based upon, you know, the mission of your company, the vision of your company, and then really what is it, what do you want to accomplish and, and bring people together and also making them feel like uh, uh, they're in a healthy environment. You know, you mentioned the remodel, renovations. The part that kind of surprised me is you talked about new buildings. So are you actually with the construction team part of the process and kind of in the design process? And well, that's exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, we've been doing that really, though, since 97. Like, that's not a new thing for us. It's it's interesting that, you know, people are like, you know, because of the buzzwords now and, you know, not to poo-poo that, that it's, oh, you know, working with, you know, the developers or, you know, working with. But we've been we've been a hard hat, you know, since, have had a hard hat since 98, honestly, in working in facilities. So uh, but I think now it's not only are they bringing us to the table faster and earlier in the conversation, but they're really informing us. I mean, I think that IWBI and Fitwell have really created a, a landscape where they have groups of people in these organizations talking, right? So it's the it's the executives in the organization, it's HR. In some cases, it's the facilities managers also talking with the architects and the developer and the property owners. And I think that is a very different conversation. And so it's not, you know, it's a, it's a much more long range planning and strategy discussion earlier on, whereas before it was, I would say in some cases it was a one off, like, you know, you'd have a portfolio of buildings, but it'd be one building would be that star A class 
kind of thing. And that was the, the building that everyone looked to. Now it really is across the portfolio, which is really, really cool. And I think for, for real estate developers, that gives them a chance to, to show their competitive edge, right? You know, you've got, I'm not going to drop any names, <laughs> but you know, you've got some really star class buildings out there and, and developers who want to be known for certain pieces of that puzzle, right? If you're looking for fantastic lighting, or if you're looking for facilities that really do create great indoor-outdoor experiences or create um, more of a focus on nutrition as a part of the wellness concept, then you may look at, you know, one developer over someone else. You know, it's almost like an East Coast versus West Coast. You know, what is Facebook and Google doing versus, you know, Wall Street and, and some of the manufacturers on, on the East Coast? So I think that's a really cool conversation because everybody doesn't have to do the same thing. Again, it's not soup to nuts. It's really about strategy. Friend, currently, you know, with, with your clientele and, and who you're working with and, and also the industries, is there big push for like younger professionals to have more of a like are they embracing more of a wellness approach or is it you know you had mentioned earlier lawyers and executives which you know kind of the stoic white collar tie suit type of thing what's the difference there in terms of ages and, and how are they embracing this this approach yeah that, that's great uh yes absolutely i think gen z gen y is absolutely driving the conversation and because they are the preponderance of the workforce to a large degree especially with the you know the baby boomers aging out of the workforce um they are leading the conversation they you know i've seen studies you know coming out of glassdoor that it's a it's a it is a game changer and a conversation stopper <laughs> if you don't have a, a an indoor outdoor yoga studio unbelievable you know there's not a swimming pool <laughs> that's the west coast but you know it's conversations like that which is really really interesting so i think that you know looking at um trends and white papers from indeed from glassdoor can thoroughly educate and inform how a lot of these property owners go forward in attracting the right tenants. Because if you have tenants that have Gen Z, Gen X as, you know, 80% of their population, they are not going to be interested in or, and even have a conversation with you around buildings that may be 10, 15 years old, that have had a facade uplift, but no major renovation. I was just talking to a client yesterday who's in um, Times Square. They had been in the same building for I don't know, maybe 20, 25 years and just went to a class A building that is the works. He said one of the things he found so interesting was that, you know, in going to the building the first time, it's so touchless that he had to, which is this is a good and bad thing. Right. But he had to walk around for 15 minutes to find where he could dispose of tissue because where you had to dispose of tissue was different than paper. In the building. He said that was one thing. And then he said the other thing that he noticed was because of the whole touchless movement, how few things he had to touch. If you think about working in an office for, I don't know, six to eight hours, how many times you may go in and out of your office to go to the bathroom. If you multiply that by 100 people, think about how many footprints or fingerprints rather touch the handle to go in and out of the bathroom. And then you go to the cafeteria. But now that there's more touchless, it's a touchless environment. That's gone. And he said that was the first notice that he really made was that, wow, I'm not touching anything. So you think about how that really impacts health and safety. It really impacts, you know, how your company is dealing with the pandemic. And then you think about, to your question, Chris, the generation that's really focused on 
that type of environment. You know, the Gen Zers are much more into technology, using technology, looking for these things. They're following the trends. So absolutely, that's going to inform, I think, that not only that your t- type of tenants you're going to have, but who you're going to be able to attract. Sounds like I need to do a, a, a very thorough cleaning of our office then. <laughs> that's that's, that's the first thing scary. I thought of when he yeah. said that, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a little wet now, she'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and for, and for for those listening, let's just we'll stop the conversation right there. Yeah. Right <laughs> Do not touch your keyboard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Great. Well, you touch. You know, you were talking about touchless, and that's probably elevated. You know, from COVID. Um, are, are there other other things that really uh, elevated your approach and and your design changes? especially concerning like mental health or whatever, as it relates from COVID on, has that changed your approach at all? Yes. I know people hate this, but I'm going to answer that uh, question with a question. So what do you think the number one is? And this is verified by CDC and IWBI. What do you think the number one complaint is in workspaces, office spaces by, you know, they do this survey once a year over thousands of people. Number one complaint for office workers. Uh, germs? About the space. One more choice. What do you think, Chris? I would say, oh God, uh, too many doors. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but to answer your, answer your question, John, the number one complaint is smell, odors. Okay. So when you think about small changes that you can begin to make to that make a, a grand impact, and and here's the simple way to think about it. You know that the deodorant. Not just the deodorant, but the deodorizer, the air freshener industry is a billion dollar industry for a reason. We love great smells, right? So you do small changes to upgrade the smell and the the atmosphere in your offices it goes a long way, right? It goes a long way. Think about, you know, if you buy a new house, they always light a candle. So you walk in, it smells nice and fresh. Or you go into, if your wife drags you in to go shopping for furniture, you know, and you go into a department store, you go into like a, I don't know, either an Ikea or a Pure One or whatever. It smells great. You know, renovation hardware smells, has certain smells. So that creates certain sense stimulation. So that's one of those easy, you know, it, it's not always about the heavy lift. Everyone thinks, oh my gosh, you know, if we're going to invest in well-being or wellness, it's going to be a hundred grand or a million dollars. Well, yeah, it could be, <laughs> but you can make a million dollar change that doesn't have to cost a million dollars if you set the right strategy and and odor that's that's a simple one that's a real simple one that you could do that i think a lot of times owners don't even think about i would have not i mean my answer was doors like how (laughs) how dumb am i so from the standpoint of of scent you know like you're right that is such a simple easy thing that i mean if you have the ability open the windows you know and get fresh air in and maybe even you know if you can get, if you're fortunate enough to have uh, a kitchen, maybe uh, you know chocolate chip cookies because that's my favorite smell. <laughs> there you go. Or here's another simple one. You know, if you've got an older building, say for instance, you got an older building, you know, older bathroom stalls, bathrooms. That's the first place I always say if you're going to invest, try to invest in there. But you know, timed deodorizers. At the most, probably will cost you five ninety nine, sometimes two ninety nine if you buy them in bulk from Granger. You may be able to get them for one ninety nine. Just a timed deodorizer goes off every three minutes, but it keeps a fresh scent, right? Now, from an eco standpoint, we would talk we would talk about, you know, what kind of scent is it, you know, making sure that it's not causing any sort of sinus issues for people and things like that. We can go more granular, but you can keep it kind of top of mind. Really simple change. 
Nice. I'll be honest, I never would have thought of that. Yeah, same and here. <laughs> something something That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Exactly. <laughs> Thank goodness for Fran. Yes. <laughs> no, this is great. I love talking about this. I, I really do. Because I think that, again, you know, sometimes it's just we overthink it. And they're, they're really simple things that we can do, even from a, you know, property management standpoint, you know, not, yeah, you can put the shovel in the, in the dirt and, you know, make a, build a brand new building, but how often are we doing that? But there are some small things that can happen. And then you just kind of expand that out. So your footprint becomes greener, more sustainable, and you can move towards a, you know, healthy uh, certification or something like that for your buildings. So you can actually put the placard out there and people can see that walking in. I mean, that does go a long way, but you know, it's small changes over time that make a big difference too. So I thought of this while you were talking about odors and smells. Earlier, you were talking about construction job sites and you're in there on the, on the front end. There are some job site trailers that get a little smelly or whatever. <laughs> Do you ever pass those words of wisdom onto the trailers? <laughs> Sadly, John, there's one parked right outside my house okay. right now. It has been for two and a half years. So yes, I do. Okay, all right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, no, you know, they attract all kinds of things, too. Absolutely. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, but uh, on a serious note, though, since you are there on the front end, are you offering advice and are you working with the construction team and kind of making their life better as far as building the wellness building or building the well building? Yeah, that that's a really good one. Uh, as much as we can, you know, as much as, as, as we are allowed to, I think that Again, I think that's one thing that COVID has shown clearly that, you know, people who are on the front end of things, they need care and support, too, and not to overlook, you know, those front um, of the house workers. We've been working a lot through COVID and the pandemic, uh, more on the medical side uh, with some of our laboratories and um, first responders and things like that. However, on the construction side of the house, yeah, those those folks are on the front lines. They're the ones that are breathing in the fumes, you know, dealing with the dust particles. So changing the mats out, you know, you, you can do real simple things, you know, having um, the egress change slightly. So as they're coming in and out of the door, there's things that are not affecting um, their sinus issues and, and headaches and things like that. So again, uh, they can be minor changes, but they can go a long way because again, we're talking about people's health. And so what's the price tag you put on that? Hopefully it, there is no price tag, right? No matter what their position is. Again, something as simple as changing the 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 welcome mat, if you will, it, it can can make a big difference. So, it, it, Fran, you have opened my eyes to a whole different approach. You know, think you know, going back to COVID, and you know, everybody's got to have humidifiers or not humidifiers, but um, air purifiers and and the like, and making it more more just more balanced. But yet, something as simple as looking at the at the smell in the office, or um, you know, the the simple welcome mat, or you know, pad, little minor things that can really help make a big difference is something that I know. I shouldn't say I know. I imagine that a lot of our listeners are probably sitting there going, "Man, I need to call Fran. Yeah. I need to talk to her a little <laughs> bit more." <laughs> you know, what else is there that I, you know, something, some little things like that. So thank you for that. That's, you know, very, very helpful. And, and, and the insights definitely, you know, I, I have definitely learned something new today, John, what, what about you? Same here. That's kind of my takeaway too, is, you know, when you hear something like a certification, you think in big picture, you're thinking, Oh, I got to, you know, 
the building shell has to be this. It has to have this material. You need this, you know, but, but I like your approach where you can't forget about the little things in life. It's the simple, small, minor tweaks or changes or adjustments that can make everyone feel better, more productive. And, uh, yeah, it's a win-win and, uh, I love attention to detail. So that's awesome. Good stuff. Very impressed. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, you know, I come from the era of the time before there, there was a budget for it. Right. So we had to help um, our buyers figure out the budget or go find the money in organizations. So I'm really good at finding the money. You may think that your company doesn't have money for these things, but call me. <laughs> they got the money. It's probably parked in a different department being used on nonsense. This makes a huge difference. And the other thing, and we didn't even touch on this, so feel free to have me back anytime. Uh, but we didn't touch on this. But, you know, there's a whole ESG component to it now that, you know, publicly held organizations, they're looking to see, you know, how are you wrapping back the the impact that you're making around health and sustainability and people's lives, well-being? How are you lack, um, wrapping that back to profitability and the bottom line? So that whole conversation is starting to, to happen now. And because of that, I think that that looms an even bigger, you know, opportunity to not only have a conversation, but also to find the money and to look at minor ways that we can make these updates and changes. So that's, you know, that's the first area that I come out of is just really, you know, don't overthink it. It, it doesn't have to be this huge. There's people that are probably in your organization that are dying to be part of this conversation, too. So the other tip I would give is that, you know, set up a, an advisory team that you all can work together on something like this. Start with a strategist before you go and spend money and go buy something, you know, call a strategist or something to, to help you inform and kind of move the conversation forward. But again, it, it doesn't have to be this huge million dollar lift. Not every time. Great advice. Fran, that's fantastic advice. And, and, I, and I love the, the em emphasis on, like John said, the small details. I think that's something that, that everybody can get around and get their head around and, and ultimately make the incremental change to, to really make buildings much more sustainable, much more habitable, really. So, uh, Fran, thank you so much for joining us today on the Building PA Podcast. Sure. It was great to talk Absolutely. with you, really learn some, some new and interesting things. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. I love what you guys are doing. I love that. I, I wish that this was in every market. We need you in every market because not just PA, but we really do. I think that this is a conversation that people um, need to be able to access. I think that what you're doing is very accessible. You're having real conversations in real time about things that really matter. So, um, yeah, I, I want to talk to Tracy and see if we can get you in some other markets. I'm, I'm, I think would be awesome. really valuable. Growth is good. I it like is. That. It is. <laughs> and I'm excited to kick this series off, the health, the health and wellness series. I'm excited for Absolutely. more of this conversation. Let's keep it going. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Fran. My pleasure. My pleasure indeed. Thank you for joining the Building PA podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.